tonight we'll talk a little bit about uh, that Jesus came to, to give liberty to the captives, make sure we're all free, stay free, uh, be honest with ourselves, catch things that don't belong, and uh, get delivered from things that really we ought to. Uh, you know, Jesus paid a dear price so that he could heal the brokenhearted and preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are bruised, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so a lot of it has to do, especially if you're a believer already, if you're not a believer, you just come to Christ, get saved, get delivered, get healed, get hands laid on you, and let the power of God just deliver you all in one day. But then as a Christian, you got to grow up in some things so that you can stay free, recognize where you may not be free. A lot of things happen instantly in the beginning, but then over time, you also recognize, you know what, there's a couple things that I need to deal with. Uh, so James chapter four here, it's over in there by Peter. James chapter four, verse four, adulterers and adult, oh, let's skip that. No, I didn't want to start with that, I was just playing uh, verse six, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Uh, he's not talking uh, from the spiritual aspect. He's talking about whenever you're not humble. If you're not being humble, you need to let your joy get a little somber. Being in the world and all high and mighty and happy and joyful without God is, uh, is, is the opposite of humble. And so he's saying, calm yourself. <laughs> Verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. For us who are in the Lord, of course, we want to have joy and not gloom. You follow me? Have you ever read this and wondered, why does he say that? Well, he's talking to the unsaved. He's talking to the heathens that aren't humbled before God. This whole passage is that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so this is an anchor for you and I for the rest of our lives that we have to stay very, very, very humble. No, no amens. It's like, I don't know if I amen to that or oh me. Part of being humble is you don't think you're humble. When I was not walking with God, I remember a, a lady telling me that she had been going to some Christian stuff and she talked about the, the message was on being hum, humble. And, you know, I heard her say that and I thought, and I said this out loud, I think I'm pretty humble. And she started cracking up laughing. She said, the preacher said that those who say that aren't. <laughs> and I thought, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm, inside I'm saved, but outside I'm heathen as can be. But my conscience knew better. And so I was, I was like, you know what? You're probably right. <laughs> but uh, being proud and not addressing it is a problem. And it, it'll nail even the best Christians. A lot of times some, some, some Christians have learned so much that the knowledge has caused them to puff up in pride. You know, the Bible says knowledge puffeth up. King James, knowledge puffeth up. But love edifies. Sometimes the most knowledgeable Christians are the, the most prideful because they think they know it all. And so you and I have to remember that we're never going to know it all. No matter how much you grow and how, how strong you get and how mature you are, you're going to have to keep humility as part of that or you're not really mature. Uh, you'll be a clanging symbol. So there's plenty of this, this um, guideline for us to keep us safe in, in, the, in the will of God. So because he resists the proud. And if you find that all of your stuff is not really working, he's resisting you. Have you ever felt resisted by God? Um, he loves you and he cares and he's ready to answer your prayer and he'll, he'll do something somehow. But he, he's, he's limited by your humility or excuse, versus pride. He's limited by your pride. He's limited by our pride. And so when we can't do right things because of our pride, he's limited. He resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. So if you want more grace in your life, get humble. 
What does that mean? Not, not false humility, I'm worthless and I'm nothing and I'll never amount to anything and I'm just a worm, God, and you know, uh, I'm not even worthy to come into your presence. Don't do that. That's, that's ignoring Jesus Christ altogether. It's, it's ignoring the fact that he has made you worthy. He's lifted you up. He's made you righteous. You're accepted in the beloved. You can come into the throne. So don't get weird about it and, and, and self-abase yourself, uh, but stay humble where you don't have self out front, where you don't have self on a pedestal, where you recognize, you know what? I'm, I'm not the best in the room, period. Not even second. There's always a better Christian somewhere than you. Isn't that right? There's always a, a more spiritual person. There's always a hungrier person. There's always a more humble person than you. So um, he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And so part of resisting the devil, uh, there's, there's different aspects, but the first anchor of resisting the devil is you have to be humble. humble. That's right. Amen. And if you're, if you're not humble, you cannot resist the devil. That's right. He loves pride. He works with pride. He helps you stay prideful if he can yes. because pride goes before the fall. So he knows the, the way to get you to fall. He knows how to keep you away from God, keep you in pride. And so you have to submit to God. Then you can resist the devil in power and he'll Amen. flee from you. And so you have to recognize that, you know, people, uh, even though they shouldn't be prideful, they are. Pride is not just for the top of the land, not just for the richest or the smartest or the best or the greatest. Pride is also for the weakest and the least noble and those who haven't achieved. And for the biggest failures, pride sometimes is their biggest problem. You fail a hundred times, all you got left is your pride. And I always say, get rid of that too. You lost everything. I've lost everything. All I got left is my pride. Yeah, well, lose that one too, and you might have a chance. So it, it covers the, the spectrum from every, everybody has to deal with this, all right? And um, it, it has to do with our internal psychology, our internal makeup, our soul, our history, all the things that have gone on with us, and then where we stand with God. If we want to succeed and have grace, we're going to have to be humble. Uh, so as we do this, draw near to God. He will draw near to us. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts. Humble yourselves on the side of the Lord and he'll lift you up. Turn with me now to uh, <clears throat> Mark 11. Mark 11, just to see, you know, how do we do this? Well, we do it by faith. Mark 11, we do it by faith. We're going to talk about forgiveness and shame and guilt and stuff like that because I found that uh, those things cause us to not get our prayers answered. Those things cause us to stay bound. Right. So you, you and I, you know, we almost owe it to the Lord Jesus Christ to get free. Yes. He paid for us to get free. You owe it to him. Yes. We owe it to him to take advantage of the cross of sacrifice that he he went through for us. He, he paid so that we could be set free from bondage. Right. And so we have to do whatever it takes to get free. And so you have to recognize for yourself, not for your spouse, not for your friends, not for somebody you think needs to change, for your own self. Right. What's going on inside me and how do I get free? Right. Because there is freedom in Christ Jesus. He is the solution for everything. There is a way for you to be totally free. And you'll know it because you're so chilled. Amen. You're so, yes. you're so relaxed. You're so at peace. You're so happy regardless of anybody or anything. Yes. And so if you're not, you need to examine self. I can't examine you. You have Come to on. examine yourself. And then you have to humble yourself to the truth and say, you know what? I'm going to have to rely on God here. And so a lot, a lot of times people are bound by the devil, bound by wrong thinking, bound by demons even. Um, I mean, Saturday we're talking with, with uh, some of the group uh, that goes out to the streets. And, you know, how do you deal with demon-possessed people or demon-oppressed people or demonized people? How do you get them free? Some you can, some you can't. And in our experience, a large part of this has to do with how humble are they. The humble demon-possessed people, the humble demonized people, the, humming, the humble demon-oppressed people will fall down before God and ask for help will come to church and come to the altar and say, please pray for me, help me. 
regardless of how demonized they are. Remember in the Bible, Jesus showed up and the demon threw it. The guy fell to the ground and said, you know, the demon started talking. Well, the guy falling to the ground is, an, is a symbol of worship. So the human will has a part to play in this. We've seen this in, in gospel ministry uh, very often, that the prideful people can't get free, even from demons. I remember the first time I encountered this, I was preaching at a church somewhere in Texas, and a lady came up and, and she said, uh, you know, my family's all demonized, we got all these problems, evil's all over. And she said, but I, 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 you know, I've, I've already been through all this, I know everything, I'm a minister myself. And, and I'm like, oh, well, if you don't shut up, I'm not going to be able to help you. Now, I didn't say that. But I could just see this whole facade come up to show how wonderful she was, and I couldn't get through it. And so I don't even think I prayed. I don't remember what I did, but I just recognized, you know what? You're the problem of the whole family. <clears throat> Pride, it'll keep you bound. So if you want to get free, you got to be honest and humble, and you got to get down to the root of some things for yourself. Doesn't mean you have to expose yourself to everybody else, but you do have to be honest with God and honest with yourself. And if there's unforgiveness in there, if there's some extreme guilt in there, let's put, you got to put it on the table with God right. and get serious with it. And then, then, then all of a sudden now, your heart is pliable enough for God to mend you and for the devil to have no place. Amen. One scripture says, give no place to the devil. Right. And that's in the context of forgiveness. In the context of forgiveness. Amen. One scripture, Paul told Timothy, he said, make sure, no, to the Corinthian church, he said, make sure you forgive this fella uh, so Satan doesn't get an advantage over you. Right. If you can't forgive, Satan cannot, if you cannot forgive, then Satan has an advantage mm -hmm. in your life. Right. So there's a reason why you must forgive, no matter how hurt you've been. So we'll get into maybe some detail in a minute, but... But here's how you do it. How do I do it? Verse 22. Mark eleven twenty-two. 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Come on, have some real faith in God. Trust that God will get you through this. You've already tried all these years, all these months. You've tried to get through. Uh, just have faith in God. He'll get you through this right now. He'll get you through this. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Notice you're going to have to say something. Amen. You're going to have to say to the mountain that you're dealing with, whether it's hurt or disappointment or whatever heart hurt you have or heart pain or, or whatever problems you're going through or whatever mental anguish you're going through, you're going to have to say to it. You have to say to the mountain that's stopping you. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's hopelessness. Whatever. You're going to have to... Whoever says to the mountain of hopelessness, be removed. Amen. Whoever says to the mountain of depression, be removed. Whoever says to the mountain of, of self-abasement or, or uh, self-hate, if you, if you don't like yourself, ah, I got the solution for you. Jesus Christ, the power of God, and faith in God, and your mouth. Amen. Your mouth is, is the answer. Your mouth's going to have to get involved in getting you free. I mean, there's a moment when you can come to the altar up here and somebody can pray and the power of God can set you free. But then you will still need to, at some point in your near future, learn how to stay free. Learn how to open up to God. Learn how to humble to God. Uh, learn how to resist the devil. Learn how to get your mouth talking right. Learn revelation knowledge that can teach you who you really are. You have to fill up the void that was that happened because the demon left or because of the hurt left. You got to fill that up with truth. Right. Amen. So you're going to have to say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done. He'll have whatever he says. Notice in there, you see this, this mouth part, this saying part, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and does not doubt in his heart, but believe. So there's one believe in there. And then you got to believe those things you say will be done. He'll have whatever he says. So, so if you've ever seen uh, Kenneth Hagin, there's a picture. Uh, it's kind of a famous message that Kenneth Hagin got straight from the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's kind of exciting. Once you get the revelation of it, it's like, bing, that's, that's for real. The Lord told him 
Did you notice in that passage, or he asked him the question, did you notice in that passage uh, how many times the word say is in there compared to the word believe? And so we think believing is important, and it is. But saying is even more important. And so you'll see a picture of Kenneth Hagin uh, like this. Three times the word say is in this passage. One time the word believe is in this passage. So you're going to have to say it. And this is the secret of how you, you know, how do I do this? How do I get healed? How do I forgive? You do it by faith. Amen. You have faith in God and you say. Right. And so the way that you forgive people, because if, if I'm talking about forgiveness and you recognize, you know what? This uncle thing keeps coming up. This, this hurt from my childhood, this pain from last week, my boss, whoever, spouses included. Right. If there's a little thing in you that says, eh, ding, 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 then this is how you forgive them. Okay, first you got to want to, and you got to mean it. You got to believe that he's, he wants you to forgive them, so do it now by faith. And this is how you do it. You say, God, I forgive them. Say it three times. God, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them. I forgive them. See, that's faith. Faith does it because it believes it. So you say it out loud. I forgive that person. I forgive it. I forgive them. God, God, don't hold it against them anymore. Sometimes with unforgiveness, we think that if we hold it against them, God will. Like we're, we're in charge of them getting punished. So if I was to forgive them, then God won't punish them properly. It's a weird thing people go through. But you know that if, if you're not forgiving someone, then you're poisoning yourself, not them. So how do you fix that? You say it. And you say it and mean it. God, forgive them in Jesus' name. I, I'm, I have mercy on them. Don't make them pay for what they did to me. Matter of fact, not only don't make them pay for what they did, but actually bless them abundantly this week. Do something marvelous in their life. Say that out loud about, for about 30 minutes. Say good things. Pray miracles. Pray blessing upon them. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that spitefully you. Turn it all around and start saying it out loud with your mouth. And what will happen is in about 30 minutes, you'll start feeling a little freedom. It might even be quicker than that. Mean it with all your heart. And within about five minutes, you'll, that thing will be gone. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, what's, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Verse 25, and, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Right. Notice how forgiveness is tied to answered prayer. Forgiveness is tied to miracles. Forgiveness is tied to your mountain moving. And so anybody that can't forgive, you're going to have mountains uh, galore in your life. Amen. In the middle of you believing all the truth, if you can't forgive, you're going to find it very difficult That's to get right. a prayer answered. Amen. And so you're going to have to go through these faith steps and do it because the Bible says to do it. You'll see great freedom and great victory. You're supposed to be free from these things. You're supposed to get free from all of the, the history in your life that was not good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me go through a couple of things about forgiveness. Well, uh, you know, 1 John 1, 9 says that if you, uh, if any man sin, we have, 1 John 2, 1, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he's what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us, you should be faithful to forgive others and cleanse others. We're supposed to be imitators of God as dear children. You're, he's a forgiver. Don't you expect him to forgive you? It's the very least that you could forgive somebody that's hurt you. We've all hurt God, you know, 100,000 times over. He forgives us. Isn't it only right that you do the same to your brother? So that solves it right there. You must, you, you have to, thou shalt. Forgive. Uh, Isaiah 43 says this. Uh, Isaiah 43, verse 25. 
God says, uh, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake yes. and will not remember your sins. You see that? He blots out our transgressions. Why? For his own sake. You need to forgive others for your own sake. You need to blot out their transgressions against you for your own sake. And don't remember their sins. Sure, there may be some sort of uh, recollection, but it won't hurt you anymore. If you, if you truly forgive somebody, it won't hurt you anymore. You won't be disgusted when you think of them. And if you're still disgusted when you think of a person, you haven't forgiven them. <clears throat> Luke 6 says that you have to give it to get it. In the passage where he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall mean given to your bosom. It's talking about forgiveness. If you want people to forgive you, or if you want God to forgive you, you have to forgive others. Jesus paid for their sins too, so it's the right thing. He paid, Jesus paid for their sins too. It's the right thing for us to forgive. So if you want to get free from the devil, you're going to have to start with some forgiveness. Here's why people don't forgive. It's because it's emotional. Uh, we want justice. <laughs> well, you don't live your life that way. You don't want justice for everything you've done wrong. We always want mercy. I want everybody to be merciful to me. I mean, I, I do business this way. I ask for mercy all the time. From, like, I made a, made a hotel reservation for the wrong day, and they charged me for it. And I'm on the phone. Uh, I know it's your policy that uh, it was a no-show. I'm supposed to, oh, can I have some mercy? Can I please have, can you just be merciful? Can you just overlook the policy? Please just give me some mercy. Please have some mercy on me. We had to cancel a trip one time recently, and uh, the rent-a-car thing, I forgot to cancel it. I had to call, can you, could you please, look, I, I made a mistake. Can you please just, <laughs> we expect mercy in our life. Can we give it? So why don't people forgive? Well, that we got hurt. It's always because they, we got hurt. Isn't that right? We're under the false assumption uh, that there's a person out there who'll be perfect toward us. There isn't. But did you hear what they said about me? Yeah, why don't you bless those that curse you? So we have answers from the Bible. We don't like them, but we have answers from the Bible. And this is to keep us healthy on the inside. And when we're not healthy on the inside, the devil says, aha, I see a person who's dark on the inside. I see a crack in the armor. I see a way in. And so demons come in and afflict people. Or sometimes it's not even because they hurt me. It's because they hurt my friend. And I'm going to stand up for my friend and be mad at somebody on their behalf. People don't forgive because they know the, the, the person, the offender, will do it again. I know them. So why should I forgive them? <clears throat> it's rough, huh? My front row says it's rough. You know, if that's how they think of me, then I don't want them in my life. Well, could you just walk in love anyway? They're probably really hurt themselves. They're probably uh, damaged. And so they need somebody to have some mercy on some goodness on them. Um, and you have to live regardless of how they think of you. So you've got to be able to disconnect from your feelings. Amen. Now, it doesn't mean you need to hang around dangerous people. I mean, in my life, I know that there's been a few times when it's like, I've got to sever relations with this person. that They're dangerous. Because of their offense, because of their flappy lips, because I can't trust them to be good and honorable. It's like, they're dangerous. They're dangerous. I, I can't be associated. My life will wreak, have havoc wreaked in it because of this person. So that's okay. You got to be smart about it, but you can't have ill feelings. Matter of fact, as I say this, there's a couple of people I'm thinking, oh, but I, so, I love them so much. I love them so much. I wish I could be part of their life so much. 
<clears throat> Praise the Lord. All right, is that good enough for tonight? No? We need more? Now you need help out of the, the hole that you're in? <laughs> well, so the tip for forgiving is you do it by faith. You're going to have to say it. You're going to have to forgive them out loud. You're going to have to say it until it disappears from your heart. And then you'll know you're free. You'll know you're free when you can smile and think good thoughts. No matter how evil the thing was, no matter how hurtful, because you've got to get free from it. We need you free from the devil. Go to second. Uh, well, are we close to John 8? John 8 and 2 Timothy 2. Either one is fine with me. John 8, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There it is right there. If if you'll hang with Jesus, you'll know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. So true disciples can truly be free, simply by learning the word, having the truth live abundantly in you. Uh, so make sure that you get the word in you and keep it fresh in you and you keep it fresh by hearing it a lot and saying it a lot, emphasizing it, meditating on a lot. All right. So go to second Timothy two. Says uh, verse 24, second Timothy two, Verse 24, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. King James says, who oppose themselves. Or we could just say oppose the truth, not living the truth, not uh, exalting the truth or honoring the truth. We could say it that way, maybe. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. So once you can open your heart, he'll let you know the truth. And that's one of the things about God is he's not going to reveal truth to you unless you want it. Unless you're humble and open and pliable. Verse 26, and that they may, re, they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will or at his will. So the devil takes people captive because they haven't come to the truth. They haven't come to their senses, acknowledged the truth, and so they're captive by the devil. Amen. So you've got to get knowledge. You've got to be pliable. You've got to humble yourself to the word of God. You've got to say, yep, I can see that I've had a, a problem. I can see what's happened inside me. I can see what I've avoided dealing with. Freedom includes freedom from sin, freedom from the flesh, freedom from fear. You need to recognize what fears you have. Fears of not getting married, fears of having no one in your life, fears of not having a good retirement, fears of every single thing in your life. You have to be honest about it. And if you're afraid of any of those things, you're not in faith. Jesus commanded you have faith in God. Stop your worrying. Amen. He that's, you know... Made perfect in love does not fear because love, perfect love casts out fear. So you got a lot of work to do if you're in fear about things. If you're scared, intimidated, uncertain, dread is a form of fear. You got to address those things and say, what's wrong with me? Why am I concerned? I've had to do this in my Christian life many times. Why am I, concer- why am I so concerned? Why am I dreading? I mean, we have to cast all the cares of the church on the Lord all the time. Amen. All the cares of all the people onto the Lord all the time. All the cares of personal life onto the Lord all the time. You cannot live your life with dread and fear. Amen. That's called bondage. That's right. Hebrews 2.14 says he came to release those who through fear of death were all their life, lifetime subject to bondage. Fear comes from uh, worldly concerns. Right. Like none of you in here are afraid of going to hell, are you? Because that's not, that's not a worldly concern. You got full confidence in eternity with God, don't you? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Thank you. Glory. 
Why is that so much easier than all the things that, that we see? Romans 8.15 says, You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. This adoption is very important. um, And I'm going to talk about it in just a minute. Uh, But you're free to succeed. Every one of you in the room can succeed in life. You're not held in bondage. And we tell this in other countries because the word of God works in other countries. Even though in other countries the government oppression is way heavier they can still succeed because God will honor his covenant. That's right. Sure, they may be uh, uh, persecuted more highly in other countries, but they can still succeed right. in what God's called them to do. And so we are free to succeed. And the only thing holding us back is us. So you can't have wrong self-image from the past that keeps you from succeeding. The only thing that keeps you from succeeding is you not having enough faith or enough belief that God's with you to overcome things. Nothing can stop you from your destiny with God. Nothing. That's right. Nothing. Glory. I, I, never, I, I never lived my life thinking that somebody was holding me back. No person on this earth can hold me back. Not one person. Well, they're not acknowledging me. Well, they're not thinking of me. Well, they, they, are, they pass me up. It's not, it has nothing to do with anybody. Nothing stops us. I remember when I played, I played uh, football in middle school. My seventh grade year, I was pretty good. And my eighth grade year, I wasn't so good. Everybody got faster than me. From seventh to eighth grade, everybody got faster than me. And my legs couldn't keep up. I didn't really realize that, so I wasn't happy that I wasn't starting. Do y'all feel my pain? (laughs) I was always one of the best athletes, but I I was not starting. And so I I had a bad attitude. I remember the coach called me and another bad attitude kid into into the office. And he said, what's going on? You know, you don't, 12-year-old kid, you don't want to, you don't know how to verbalize your feelings. And, and the coach said, you think you should be starting? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, my, my friend, he, he argued and said he should, but I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know. The only thing that held me back was I wasn't good enough. <laughs> In high school, the only thing that held me back, the only ceiling I had in high school baseball was I just didn't practice enough. (laughs) But I'm honest enough to put it on myself. I got responsibility for these things. It's nobody else. So you got to get free from other people. They're not holding you back. You got to get free from the world. And the rat race of the world, which is the money race, the pleasure race, the, you know, I got to win the lottery race. You got to, you got to, you got to junk your lottery dreams. Has everybody junked your lottery dreams in here? If you haven't, raise your hand and we're going to deliver you tonight. We're going to dig in your wallet and get them out of there. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to set you free from your lottery dreams. Those are false hopes. You need freedom from your false hopes. You need freedom from all pipe dreams. Freedom from all, my ship's going to come in. I got this false sense of one day, wham, I'm going to be rich and all my troubles go away. Or one day I'm going to get married and wham, all my troubles disappear. Those are pipe dreams. Well, long ago, I was like, what's a pipe dream? You really want to know? When they put stuff in the pipe and smoke it, <laughs> you, you get into fantasy world. You got to let go of all those pipe dreams. You're never going to win the lottery. Not one person here is ever going to win the lottery. So quit playing. I'm telling you right now, you will never win. I'm prophesying you will never win. Quit playing the lottery. You need freedom from your false dreams and expectations so you can live in truth and reality. The devil will goof you up if you keep these false sense of this is how God will bless me doing something contrary to his word. He doesn't play get rich quick schemes. So, but if you, 
did accidentally win the lottery. <laughs> Tithes and offerings still apply. Actually, if you did win the lottery, the Lord will say, sell all that you have and give to the church. No. Just kidding. We did have a guy early in the church. Uh, don't tell him. Okay, I won't tell him. I, I got the I got the shake. I got the head shake. I got the head shake. <laughs> he was a he was a precious new believer, just brand new in Christ. It was a it was a funny story, but I won't share it. No, the ship has sailed. It's gone. <laughs> uh, freedom from psychological bondage, mental problems. Come on, you can get free from those. I know you can. But you've got to catch them before you fall off the deep end. Listen, if you fall off the deep end, it's very hard. It's very hard because you, your brain is so trained in the wrong way to live life. Uh, and it's just hard to get people once they've fallen off. So address your mental issues early. Uh, does it mean we're free from all injustice in, the, in this life or free from all hate? No, no, you're going to have hate. <laughs> people are going to hate you, especially for the name of Jesus' sake. All right, I can't promise that no one will hate you. I can't promise you'll never experience an injustice. But you can be free from the bitterness of the injustice. You can be free from the anger that's caused or the offense or the personal harmful reactions to any kind of injustice. So don't let yourself go there. It'll keep you in bondage. Now let's address for the final part here, uh, guilt and shame. Uh, the Bible says when pride comes, then comes shame. So shame is a result of yourself being so important in how you're perceived or how you think of yourself. So just keep that in mind. This says, but with the humble is wisdom. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So if you believe in Jesus, you can erase all your shame. Now let me, let me uh, mention where this shame stuff comes from. Number one, it comes from morally wrong stuff. If you do morally wrong things, there should be some guilt and maybe some shame. We should be ashamed of the sin. But there's an answer for that. Right. Uh, you know, you have a Bible standard and you don't live up to it. There should be a little bit of a guilt there because uh, you violated the laws of God, the word of God. Or shame comes from not living up to your ideal self. Everybody has a, an image of what you think you should be. And when you don't live up to it or when something knocks you down from it, you feel shame. Uh, the other uh, cause is non-morally wrong things like you feel shame how your body looks, shame of being poor, shame of not driving a good car, wearing nice shoes, or these days kids have to wear the, the appropriate uh, designer socks or they get made fun of. Uh, shame of a past tragedy. You don't have to feel shame from a past tragedy. Shame from where you live. Shame from how you grew up. Shame from your family history. You, listen, those things will kill you. That's right. And so you have to find the solution, all right? Jesus is the solution. Let me get to that in just a second. Uh, sometimes people feel shame for being right. Think of kids at school who are Christian uh, trained. Good Christian teenagers at school who don't do sin are shamed by their friends for being goody-goodies. When I was in school, we made fun of goody-goodies. And then I got in the kingdom, I'm like, I'm a goody-goody. Bring it on. They can all make fun of me. But you cannot allow yourself to feel shame. Or you can't, the opposite is feeling a sense of glory for sin. 
bragging about, you know, how great of a sinner. Uh, okay, so here's the solution for guilt. Jesus Christ makes you righteous. And God cleanses you from all unrighteousness so that your conscience can be clean and free from guilt. And that's why we preach very heavily on this all the time here. Because I know what Christians deal with who don't live up to God's standard all the time. There's always a nagging sense of guilt. Even if you're like 99.9%, you're thinking, I don't read the Bible enough. I only read five pages yesterday. We always find a way to feel a little bit guilty for something. You're going to have to have more faith in the righteousness of God. Okay? Then the shame... They're, they're very, guilt and shame are somewhat similar, but the solution for shame is being adopted into the family. Very similar. God, God knows all your faults. He knows all of your troubles. He knows all of your tragedies. He knows everything. He knows all of your wrong thinking. He knows all of the things you feel shame for, and yet he still accepts you into the family. He chose you and adopted you into the family. You have to have great faith in that. Great faith in that to erase your shame. Amen. I rebuke your shame. I, I refuse you to keep your shame. You need to do the same. Especially for things that you had no responsibility for. If you had responsibility and you feel shame for it, just confess your fault to God. Man, he'll cleanse you and, and forgive you and boom, you're right, stand with God. Hallelujah. And your heart should feel clean if you do it. With your, if, you, if you do it out loud, your heart will feel clean. But if you can't put other things on the table, things that might have happened to you or things you felt guilty for you shouldn't have, you know, people do it all the time. Well, if I hadn't have called my friend over to the house, they wouldn't have had a wreck and died. It's all my fault. It's not your fault. That's the devil helping you feel shame for something you had no part in. That was an accident. But if you can't put some of these shameful things onto the table with God, it'll stay in there and it'll grow. And it'll weigh you down. This is part of laying aside the sin and the weights that easily beset you so you can run this race. Jesus wants to free you from these things. Isn't that right? Come on, all of you can live free. You can walk out of here totally free from guilt and shame. Thank you. especially when things weren't your fault. Come on, be honest. It's not your fault. You know, kids, parents divorce, they think it's their fault. Almost all kids apparently think it's their fault. It's not their fault. Oh no, that's from the devil. That's a lie. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw this lie in the trash can. You gotta be honest with God about these things so he can, so he can come in there and heal your broken heart. I wouldn't say that all the people need to know all of your shame. Uh, occasionally somebody might need to be part of this process with you. But I, I would say just if you can do most of it with God. Amen. You can do most of it in your, of it in your chair right there. Yeah. That's right. You know, all the embarrassment that we feel for how life went, you got to get rid of that. That's what this is. Shame is the embarrassment from your bad decisions, embarrassment from how life has ended up for you. I rebuke that. Amen. I rebuke that. Jesus Amen. makes all things new. I rebuke that past. I rebuke that garbage. Look, life is mean. It's not your fault. And then we pick you know, one little thing that we could have done differently or whatever. So what? We're not perfect. So what if it was your fault? Get over yourself. Start fresh. Honor the, the blood of Jesus. Let it cleanse you. Let, let him heal you. Let him restore you. I rebuke the devil off of you. I rebuke the devil off of your past. I rebuke the devil off of your soul and off of your mental anguish. I rebuke the devil. Amen. Right. How do you think you get rid of shame? With your mouth. Right. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So righteousness, or we can say justification, takes care of your guilt. Adoption takes care of your shame. So that you, you need to know that you are known and yet still delighted in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you have 
if you have guilt and shame and you can't get out of it, you're going to start self-hating. And then self-hating always ends up right. coming out on, on top of other people. So you hate yourself, and so you abuse others, and that's why the cycle just gets worse and worse, or at least it continues until somebody says, you know what? I'm going to get free from that. Hallelujah. You're supposed to love yourself. You can only do it with Christ. Look, there's things that in all of our lives, it's like, oh, man, I don't really like, how can God love me? Well, learn to love yourself through the eyes of God. He bought you and stood you upright and cleaned you. From your garbage. Your sin nature is over. You got to jump into the new nature that's in Christ Jesus. Put on the new man that's created in righteousness and holiness. Come on, a lot of this is up to us. We got to be willing to go there. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's use our mouth just for a moment together. Let's deal with unforgiveness one more time. Say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I forgive him. I forgive him. I'm not mad at him anymore. Don't hold it against him, God. Bless him, God. Have mercy on them. Do something wonderful for them. I'm not going to make them pay for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Now let's deal with guilt. Just confess to, to God. Say, God, I'm real sorry for my shortcomings, for not living up to your word all the time. But I'm casting this guilt off me. I'm confessing my sin. And I ask you to forgive me. And cleanse me of unrighteousness. Clean my conscience, God. Ah. Do it. Say, ah. Ah, I'm clean. I'm clean. Thanks, God, I'm clean. Thanks for cleaning my conscience. Thank you, Lord. Now let's deal with the shame. Say, Lord, Lord take, the take the shame from me. I cast it off me. I cast it off me. I cast it all the way to you so that you can obliterate it. So help me, God. Restore me. Heal my heart. I'm letting go of the shame right now. All right, now shame, come out of me. Come out of me right now. Come out of me right now. Leave me right now. Leave me right now. Thank you, Lord. And let's just address the demons. Demons, all you who have hung around me regarding these things, leave me alone. Out. Leave. In Jesus' name. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Now, say now. now. I'm, upright. I'm upright. Now I'm healed. Now I'm healed. Jesus, healed my broken heart. Jesus healed my broken heart. He's the mender of my soul. He's the mender of my soul. He, restores my soul. he restores my soul. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. So my soul is restored. I'm restored. I'm restored. Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right, I'm all right now. I'm, all right. I'm whole now. Thanks God, I'm whole now. Glory to God, I'm whole now. I'm going to make it. I'm accepted by God. I'm loved by the Lord Jesus. And I'm set free. I'm free from the past. I'm free from the devil. And I'm free from myself. I'm going to serve God. I yield my life to him. 
Glory. 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 <laughs> Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. All right. Glory to God. Have a seat. Just so you know, that's how you take care of business as a Christian, okay? You're going to have to walk with God through these things. You do this at your house. You're going to have to recognize, take, take a, a account of what's on the inside of you. This is how you handle things. You do it with faith in God, and you do it with your mouth. And you do it by believing that what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. You need total freedom from guilt and shame, believe just walk off believing for the next seven days. I'm free from it. I'm free from it. I'm free from it. I'm not embarrassed anymore. I'm not embarrassed between me and God anymore. I'm not embarrassed between me and people. I'm just not embarrassed anymore. Now, it doesn't mean you've got to type it out and post it. But it does mean you're not embarrassed about things. Isn't that right? And part of it will become your testimony. Part of you overcoming your shame will be that you can now testify. And you don't have to detail everything. You just somehow you say, you know, I was beat up as a kid, damaged, et cetera, et cetera. But man, Christ set me free. Or some people write books, tell the whole story. I don't know. But it does become part of your testimony whenever you can get this on the table and get free from these things. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is the Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.